When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another edition of Pitching In. I'm Jason Mackey alongside, as always, Michael McHenry. And we are brought to you by the North Shore Tavern. The North Shore Tavern is your home for baseball. You know that. The interior is wall-to-wall pirates. There are appetizers, entrees, cocktails, and of course, steak and seafood on a sizzling lava stone open every day. The North Shore Tavern across from PNC Park is Pittsburgh's home for steak on a stone. So I am talking to you not from the North Shore Tavern, not from the North Shore, even from Arizona. Uh, my flight home from the general manager's meetings um, <clears throat> happens this afternoon. Fort is back in Pittsburgh and now healthy, I presume. Uh, been dealing with a little bit of stuff. Feeling better, buddy? Uh, a little bit. You can see in my eyes. I'm still a little sick. And, you know, being a great husband, just like you, Mackie, we... <laughs> We take pride in, in the husbands we are. I give it to my wife, and she's upstairs in bed. I feel awful, um, but I, I try to give gifts when I can. <laughs> I think this is one she might have wanted a gift receipt with and, and to return that. And I, I hope you fare better at Christmas, my friend. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's the worst being sick, too. And by the way, I'm I we're recording this um, on Thursday. The GM's meetings were just canceled. I am not sick. Um, I am not part of the ones that are <laughs> virus infected, but man, if I'm not frightened that I am, um, I'm like, I got to get on a plane later today. I don't want to be falling out in the middle of this boarding process or something, but I guess we're going to find out together. So they really canceled them. They canceled them. Yeah. I didn't see that yet. Wow. Yep. Yep. Wow. All done, man. All done because, uh, yesterday it was going around. That there was some sort of like food poisoning episode, which, okay, whatever, you know, it happens. Um, but then it, today it was determined, uh, I think upwards of 30, like I don't, I don't think GMs, but like members of team traveling parties or whatever have been affected, and so they just cancel them. Done. You got that Pittsburgh stomach? <laughs> it's no, I don't, you. brother. <laughs> <laughs> Cast iron stomach. <laughs> I love it. How, how's uh, Arizona? Um, it's one of uh, one of my favorite places, and um, yep. I, I think the baseball out there's phenomenal, and you got to see a little bit of that too, right? Dude, so I've always wanted to come out here for fall league stuff. Um, it's your first time. First time. Oh. First time. Yep. It's so much better than Florida. I'm sorry for all you Floridians. It's just so much better. Why? Why? Don't rip on Florida. The the complexes are nicer. That? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's like Taj Mahal. Let's go. And then it's it's a lot closer. Uh, I love how they share the complexes. They do a really good job out there. Um, I got to be a I part know. of that first transition into talking stick with the Colorado Rockies and Diamondbacks. It's really, really a neat area. So I was there two days ago. Um, the way my day went, I saw the Salt River Rafters, which is the team that the you know this for. I'm just explaining it for listeners. The Pirates prospects are playing for. I got to see them play the Mesa Solar Sox, and it was at Mesa. 
Uh, but I wanted to talk to a couple guys, Jace Bowen and Jack Brannigan. So I went over to what you're talking about, uh, what Salt River Fields at Talking Stick, I think is correct. technically the name. Dude, I got lost. I'm not kidding you. I got lost. Um, this place is so gigantic, so mega. After I finished it, I like went for a walk around and I'm trying to like figure out how to get out to the parking lot and a place where I can get picked up by an Uber. I'm like, what is going on? I think I walked into another field. There, I start seeing like Colorado Rockies stuff. It was fantastic. I mean, think about the advantage though. I mean, I'll never forget when I got traded and I had to go to Fort Myers with the Red Sox. And I was like, this place is a dump. <laughs> I just, I just came from the golden gate and I have to go into this. What? But yeah, I mean, it, it gives you such an advantage. I mean, there's two big league fields that mimic, they have the exact same uh, size park on both practice fields for the big league side, plus this stadium. And then they have the minor league side. It's just huge, huge advantage. I mean, what they did there is just remarkable. And they partnered with the local uh, reservation. I mean, I think that's one yeah. of the coolest things. Yeah, I mean, I love all that stuff. I'm also not going to punt on Florida. I just refuse I like to- Florida too, but come on. Arizona's <laughs> pretty cool. Dude, I actually I have I have very little use for the rest of Florida, but I love Bradenton and Sarasota. Me too. I, I don't even up to Tampa. I'm good with all of it. I just I I hate Miami. Um I don't need Orlando. I don't I don't need most of Florida. Um except <laughs> really, except where the Pirates train, but I do love that area. I would be so sad if the Pirates were not in uh, Bradenton, Sarasota, Anna Maria. I just, I, I look forward to that all year long. Um, so anyway, just take a piece of your heart. It really does. Oh, it's, it's Notice I didn't say anything about that. I said Fort Myers. I mean, obviously they, yeah, they have that new right. facility, but man, it was just like, Ugh. yeah. All right. So we got into some non-fall league stuff yesterday. Uh, and a lot of it got to talk to Ben Charrington at the Omni Scottsdale resort and spa at Mona Lucia, I think it's called. It's a it's a mouthful. It's one of those things where I'm writing it in a story and I just copy and paste it because I don't want to remember how to say all that at one time. So say anyway, it last three times. Come on. You nope, nope, nope. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're good. Um, in some fancy courtyard and it's all kinds of reporters staked out there. It was an interesting scene. But anyway, I talked to Ben for a little while uh, about some stuff. And I, I thought his comments were interesting. Um, I wouldn't say they're a whole lot different than stuff we've heard before. But Ben talked about the offseason, said they'd like to add to the starting pitching group, would like to add to first base in some capacity, thereby increasing the offense. They need to score more runs. I think we know both of those things. I think they're still fairly early on in identifying targets and that sort of thing. But also talked a little bit about, and and we're going to get more into this, Ford, about it's not just the free agent signings, that there's also some important development ahead. I think the Pirates, if you look at some of their young players, you can make the argument that that is equally as important, if not more important, than going out and spending money. It's not a defense and not, um, you know, this is not the Post-Gazette writer saying they don't need to spend money. They do. Um, people like to take that and, and go a certain way with it. But, you and know, they, they have money to spend. I mean, they have money to spend. Yeah. And they have mm-hmm. needs to address. Correct. Like, and they have a market that's going to yield good pitchers. I, I personally don't care. We got into this with Zangrilli last week, what they do at first base. Me either. The more really? I think about it, I, I really don't care at all. Like I, The more I think about it, and I think it goes to that development you're going to talk about, but I think pitching is so, so important. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fine with like going the – I listed in the piece that I did uh, for this morning about some flyers, you know, like a Trey Mancini, uh, Cole Calhoun, Mike Moustakis. Eric Hosmer, like these guys, they're, they're not going to cost a lot of money. You're basically promising, you know, opportunity, probably platoon opportunity. Uh, I think Carlos Santana, if he's available for a reasonable rate, I would go there. I like that. 
But I based or on Votto. The I like Votto too, especially if he's mad. If he's mad, he's gonna be mad. Yeah, that in in the same division. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I I I don't know if he would do it, and I wouldn't be surprised if he finds a way to sign back. But yeah, like if he if he wants to be somewhere where he can contend, he can play. If we can offer him that, I mean, you're talking about a vocal guy that the fans will love, and yep. I still think he's got a lot more in the tank. Yeah. I, what do you think the market for him is going to be? Uh, I, I looked at it. I mean, I mean, it's about five million bucks is what what they're predicting. Um, and I I, I think he could be a twenty home run guy, easy with with positive defense or at least yeah. average. Um, so Santana in a nutshell, but American esque and maybe better at bats consistently. I, I I've always loved the way he takes the bats. If you put him and Kutch in the lineup, I mean, you're balancing it out with a lot of on-base percentage. Obviously, he didn't have a lot of speed, but I think he lengthens that team out a lot. I think he does, too. And, I mean, obviously, you can spend money and acquire things, but I think we need to come back, too, to, like, what's realistic for this right. team. Right. Um, you know, the funds are going to be limited. It's not a blank <clears throat> check. I mean, I wish I wish it was different. I wish they had $75 million they can spend um, or would spend, maybe. Um I just I did have it. that at their top end when I when I was doing my research. Seventy five. I had seventy. If, seventy five million. It, but it's with them locking up Keller. Like it's not just them going out and getting free agents. It's it's with them doing things internally also, like locking up Bednar, locking yeah. up Keller, and then having that extra money. I think it could roll up to seventy five million. That put them a little over a hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I not mean, crazy. It's not crazy, but I, you know, it'd be aggressive and it'd be different, which I, I think the fans would really enjoy and the expectations would go up, but it would have to be the right people. Yeah. And that's not the sense I get after talking to Charrington yesterday. Unfortunately, I wish I could sit here and say, Oh, that sounds great. That's what they're going to do. Um, do you feel like he's hard to read? I mean, you talk yeah. to people all the time and I feel like he's yes, very, Oh, very hard. Okay. Yeah. It's very hard. Um, yeah. I think he's a good man. Uh, like yeah, I'm not absolutely. saying I think he's a jerk or a, a mean spirited person. Not at all, but he's very guarded. Yeah. He keeps it close to the vest. Yeah. yeah I think the yeah. pirates always have, but I, I feel like since he's came here, he, he's gotten even more close to the vest. Yeah. And I, I'm actually writing a little bit about like the way he sort of frames things and talks about things. And like, I, I this is, I guess, dating back a little bit uh, when they hired Charrington, I called uh, Alex Spire from the Boston Globe, who's one of their beat writers, does a tremendous job and actually wrote a book called Homegrown that talked to Ben for. And so like he has a pretty good relationship with Ben. And um, so I talked to Alex and said, like, what what are we getting into here? Like, get, give me a scouting report on Ben. And, and he said he's not the type of like he's not going to offer these like poppy quotes, but he's generally good at explaining processes and what they're thinking about. And. <laughs> you know, in like a thorough uh, way. And that's probably a nice way of saying he can be really wordy, which he obviously can. Um, so I, I think a lot of, like he doesn't often say the direction they're going to go, but he will tell you context around what they're considering. Like what's, what's driving that decision. So I do think when they're looking at the free agent market, like you need to determine how much of that you can fill internally. Um, they need to determine, you know, are they going to get this guy to come to Pittsburgh on a multi-year deal, which, as you know, like is not the most attract was not in the past the most attractive option. As they start winning more and becoming more appealing to players, you can start bringing those guys in. So, you know that that's the goal. 
Um, but you don't just say, oh, we're going to go do this because there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to get that done and then you look silly. So I think that's that's a little bit why he's guarded. But yeah, I and I think it probably clashes with Pittsburgh being a market where people want sound bites, right? Yeah. Like they want, yeah. you know, talk radio style stuff. They don't want to hear about the processes and the various inputs that are going into decision making like that might that's going to play different in another market. Yeah. And, and I feel like the one difference he brings outside of Neil Huntington and the old regime is we really don't know how he's going to acquire what, what maybe they're looking for. He, he may trade for it. It may be a minor league guy that is going to be on a big league deal. It's hidden, which happens at times. It may be a free agent. It may be somebody that they move positions, do different things. Their creativity has been fun to see. And I think that won't stop. So I think that's another reason why he stays with those broad statements because he keeps everything open and kind of, throws it out there and hopes that maybe somebody's going to take the bait. Yep. Yeah. We want to get better. We know we have resources both in terms of payroll and talent to get better. We're looking at all kinds of different ways to do that. Uh, That was him talking about the first base situation. Um, Hmm. Like I know what he's getting at, but I also know fans that, you know, like they want to hear more than we're getting better. They want to hear like, we want to win games. That's the standard. We want to, you know, we're going to, poor resources into this team in terms of major league payroll to show that we're serious. And honestly, to a degree, I don't think anybody like no matter what anybody with the pirates says, I don't know if fans are going to believe it until it's done. Right. Like you can, you can say nothing, but if you go out there and spend money on actual major league free agents, that's when people are going to believe and, or when you win, Uh, they can, they can do all of the creative uh, dumpster diving, whatever you want to call it like finding these creative solutions, people might be mad at the time, but if they ultimately win, nobody's going to care. No, nope, yeah, that, that's long been my contention with this team, that if they can they can Tampa Bay raise their way to winning, nobody's going to be concerned about the payroll anymore. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and, and too, like, I mean, you're just not going to make the splash that I think Pittsburghers want ever. Probably not. No. And, and, and the reason is, like, they may do it creatively, but I mean, I, I was even lo- looking at Vince Velasquez. I mean, they, they're predicting him to get at least eight million. I mean, you're going to pay oh, eight that's million? Insane, really? I know, but who it, who's predicting that? Uh, it's it's a tracker. I, I get uh, it's old, um, but they they yeah. do it through arbitration and free agency, get it through the PA, and <clears throat> it's just a rough estimate. But yeah. it's usually within a million or two. No no question about it. It really depends on kind of how everything else folds. It's crazy because if you look at this market, Mackie, I mean, obviously Otani, they're predicting almost $530 million over 12 years, but there's going to be some guys. And I thought Buster only said something smart um, the other day. Sometimes I don't agree with some of the things he says, but he's, he said, there's a lot of guys out there that are very mediocre. When you look at their career, they've had great years. They've been all-stars. We have MVPs, but like you pay 22, $25 million for Bellinger. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, he had a great year last year, but he had three years where he was not even barely a plus war player. Yeah. And that's that's what the Pirates can't do. They cannot fall into a realm where they go sign a Justin Turner and give him a two-year deal for $18 million, and he doesn't do what he did last year because yeah. that would hurt. And he's 38 years old, so you have to pick your poison, decide. I think they could pay a lot of money for a one-year deal or short-term, but you can't do it long-term. I hope they lock some guys up. They figure out some internal options and get a lot of pitching. That's 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 my ultimate, yeah. I mean, ultimate that's, want. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I mean, the other thing here that I don't think people appreciate enough or, or, you know, I did not appreciate before I got on the other side of the fence into covering this sport is how much it, you need to make this a destination city. Um, Amen. You mentioned a guy like Justin Turner. Justin Turner's probably going to have other options. Yeah. He, and and yeah. later in his career, he's going to want to win. And I think you can look at the Pirates and say there's some optimism with what they're doing. And I mean, like around the league, you know, you can see young players and whatever, but it's far from a sure thing. If you're somebody like Justin Turner, you, you know, I'm just going to make up a team. But like, if you look at, oh, he has an offer from the Twins or he has an offer from the Astros or he has an offer from, I don't know, San Diego. Like I'm literally just throwing out random teams, but you know, you're probably going to say those are more competitive situations right now in my mid to upper thirties. Like I'm, I'm going to take that instead of a gamble. And so that's just a battle the Pirates are going to have to fight. And as as they win and get better and, and improve, like, no, it's not going to be as hard. You can convince guys to come here. But And, and yeah. that's funny you bring that up. That's something that <clears throat> we've had a conversation with Greg Brown about and, and Steve Blass is you can't lose sight of what the 70s were. <clears throat> the, the winning ways, the, the city of champions, that has to be portrayed. Like the guys that are old, older that, show up at spring training that needs to be around. So we have that difference. That was something when I walked in, I couldn't believe mm -hmm. my, my first spring training. And I think that makes the pirates different. I, I think being able to do that, having Kutch here, locking up rentals, locking up, hopefully Keller and Bednar, that's important. It really is having a gold Glover at third base. All is very, very important. <coughs> Don't you go it? dying on me for it. It's all right. If, if I do, I'll come back like Lazarus. Boy. Now I'm good, but right. you know what I mean? Like, I, I think tradition is, is, is a big play here. Yeah. And I don't think we're doing a really good job of it. I think we do a lot better. Okay. Uh, I, I won't <clears throat> disagree with that, but I'd also like to see the present, you know, the present to track that stuff. Like it's great Amen. that you have a legacy in one world series and, and, you know, you can look at all these retired numbers. I mean, that's absolutely fantastic, but it's a fantastic baseball market. We see it every day. Fans are thirsting for a winner. And if you give that to them, it's going to explode. And I think players realize that around the league. Like, I, I think there's enough sort of impression that, like, man, if there could just be a winner in Pittsburgh, like that, that town goes nuts. You know, people see the way they react to the Steelers and Penguins. And it's such a credit to the fans here. But, you know, and, and again, it's getting there's going to be a unique <coughs> way. It's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, but, Okay, so I, I have one question before we move forward. All right, with what the division looks like right now. All right, put your GM hat on, put your owner hat on. All right, I didn't pack it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have. You, you're at the meetings. I know, um, right? Shame on me. They should just call it the Boris meetings. By the way, I feel like every headline has to do with Boris of what he wants to do to the league and everything. Um, but with what the Cubs have done, Milwaukee moving. And shifting, doing different things. Cincinnati, you know, letting go of Votto, obviously going in a different direction. St. Louis having arguably their worst season in the last decade. Yep. It feels open. It feels like this division maybe could be taken. And, and this year could be the year that could, you know, you could jump on top. Kind of like if you look at maybe the, uh, the Central, the AL Central. You know, you didn't know who was going to win that. I mean, yeah, the Twins were maybe the best team on paper but you could have seen any of those teams kind of jump out in front at any moment if they got hot. And that's kind of what I see with 
the NL Central this next year. It, it, there's a lot of question marks, especially now, maybe not three months from now, but it seems like if I was a GM or an owner, I'd probably push the go button, especially with some of the moving pieces as of late. I I get what you're saying. And I think there's a, a certain amount of logic for that. I, I have a couple of points, maybe a, of a bit of a rebuttal. I think the schedule like is different that it's not necessarily as division heavy that it's been. Like they don't need to be as concerned with the NL Central as you used to be when you played each team approximately 172 times a season. Um, <laughs> intention, yeah. Intentional over-exaggeration. Analytical um, guy right there. Yeah, yeah. So, but, and, and I also think that some of these teams aren't done, right? Like the Cubs don't hire Craig Council without doing other things. They're tied to Otani. Come on. Right. No chance. I, no chance. Why? Why no chance? I just, that's a lot. That's a, that, that's a lot for maybe, maybe so good for them. I mean, you've been to Wrigley field, right? Like you've oh, they seen have the, the real they, estate around the ballpark. Like yeah, there's it, absolutely, they have, yeah, they could do it. The You're funding right. there. Um, I, like there's, there, I'd love it. He'd be in our division. I'd love it. Oh yeah. That would, that would be kind of nuts, but uh, like, I don't, I don't bank on the Cardinals suddenly just turning into a, nothing. Right. Like they're going to find a way to be back. I think there's some pitching ads away from actually being a very good team mm -hmm. um, needed to get younger in some spots. I, I don't really have concerns about them. Um, the Brewers always seem to find a way. Um, so counting them out seems silly. Um, and if you look <clears> at the Reds young core, like they're clearly there. So I, I don't see the division as being as wide open. Um, I also don't see it maybe as being important. Like if I'm the pirates, I'm looking at just being the best version of me. And that's not a cop out. No, I love that. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do me. And I think what they can do or what they're trying to do is doable. Um, I think there's a lot of ground to cover between where we're at now and where the end goal is. But I mean, I, I look at it this way. There's no reason they can't draft. Well, there's no reason they can't draft or develop the players they do draft. They have some young guys that are pretty good. There's no reason they shouldn't be able to help Endy, Triolo, Henry, Pagero, Rowanzi, Gonzalez, Ortiz, Sawinski, Bay. Like, yes, I did write them down and some, some stuff we're going to get to, and I'm reading from that, but, I mean, that's an important group. There's no reason that the Pirates shouldn't be able to identify young players within their control, help them into major leaguers, surround them with Cruz, Bednar, Keller, Reynolds, Hayes, some complimentary pieces, and that that's going to be enough to be competitive in this division. I do think it it's that. Um, but again, it sort of goes back to what we're talking about in pitching, where it's it's not optional. Like it 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 doesn't grow on trees. You can't just go out back and like harvest it from the garden. Um, you know, you'd like to think that you can count on Rowanzi, Ortiz, Priester, some of these guys taking the next steps in their development. But you know, frankly, if the Pirates are serious, that's not something you do. You have to go out and get somebody to stabilize your rotation. You have to get a couple somebodies to stabilize your rotation. Like I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't see all of those solutions coming internally, and I don't see those solutions coming in the past the way they have with Tyler Anderson, Jose Quintana, Vince Velasquez, Rich Hill. Like nothing against those guys, but I mean, it was a bit of a gamble. You're taking guys that you're affording opportunity to helping them fix things, they just as easily could have gone awry, either because of injuries or poor performance. Like, I would like to see the Pirates go out and get a legitimate starting pitcher, a two or a three, somebody on a multi-year deal, and that's that's one. And then if you want to take a chance on that second guy, fine. But, like, to me, that's the bare minimum 
of where this needs to go. If you say first base, we're not really going to go go heavy. Okay, fine. I can live with that. But the pitching to me is not optional because it makes a lot of the other stuff work. Couldn't agree more. And I even have thought about maybe even getting a bullpen arm. Yeah. Like somebody be that, against it. Yeah. Like a, like a Lopez that he's a free agent from Chicago. It'd yeah. be great to have a guy throwing 99 that has thrown some back end of the innings um, to give Bednar a break, especially to extend him into hopefully a wild card or postseason. I mean, that's what you have to really think about is getting these guys on one year deals. Like they're going to showcase and they're, they're out. If we can get them on a two year deal or a player option or however they can do it, I think that's always great because then that establishment of, of the city and everything else starts to show up and free agents will start to want to come more often. I mean, the one year deals knowing you're probably going to get traded, even if they are playing well, because there's a good group behind them a lot of free agents are going to say no to that. You know what I mean? Yep. Unless they don't have anywhere else to go or, you know, we're taking a risk like we have the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, that, that again comes down to making the pirates a desirable employer. And, and that, Absolutely. you know, part of that is like, we're going to bring you here. We're going to keep you here. This, this, you're not a, a, a rental piece. Like you're here to be a part of this thing and grow this thing and, and reestablish a bond with the city. You know, I think that, that was hurdles famous comment and it was a good one um you know and i think the pirates can do that but it it requires to me and that's that i'll, I'll transition now fully to the younger guys in the development that's the underbelly of it you know what we're looking at here is the top it's the most attractive what are they going to do in free agency that's going to attract headlines whatever but making the rest of it possible is helping these guys who are already here and on cheap contracts perform like legitimate major leaguers and if the pirates don't do that this isn't going to work and the whole Truth. thing is going to fall flat. Um, if they do do that, they can they can win, and they can do it without really spending a ton of money. Um, and what I mean by that, um, did you know? By the way, I was I was learning this in, in the research. How poorly some of the young guys fared on breaking stuff. I did. Did you? Yep. Okay. Yep. I, uh, I haven't I haven't thought about it, uh, but yeah, I looked into all that at the end of the season. Yeah just stunning man like batting average against breaking stuff nd 184 triolo 212 henry 176 Pagero 150 gonzalez 135 jack 208 um and just really heavy whiff rates on that stuff i mean like i knew from watching it it was a bit of a struggle but uh, that's i mean you need those guys to take steps forward at the plate striking out less walking more better plate discipline more consistency you know, I look at G1 Bay as somebody who can really be a important part of the lineup, but has not done much of anything so far. Like I'd have mm -hmm. a tough time having him in my opening day lineup just because like, dude, why? The 600 some OPS, like what, what have you earned? You're fast as all get out, but you, you've made too many errors. I don't know where you play in the field and uh, you've made too many outs on the bases. Now I think he's worth <clears throat> hanging on to because of run producing stuff. But again, just like all of these guys, like there's been, there's been signs and there's been bad and mm -hmm. where the water sort of finds its level is going to be fascinating. Yeah, you're exactly right. And with the breaking balls, uh, some of those guys, it's, it's really because they didn't play every day is, is one equation you got to put in there because when you're not playing every day, you, you hit the heater, you're going to miss some breaking balls and two, like not trusting what they were going to get. 
is something that I, I saw and I heard them talk about, like knowing they're going to get that oh breaking ball and they take that one and then maybe mad at themselves knowing it's coming again and they swing at it because they see it right out of the hand. That's that's hard to trust that. I thought a couple guys did a really good job as the season went along. And I thought Cruz early in the season, it looked yes. like he was doing a great job at that. And hopefully we see that trend with some of these young guys taking off, especially Henry Davis, because he is so meticulous in his approach. If he just trusts it and 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 maybe adapts a little bit better within the game, guy could really take off because I, I think he has the brain to be somebody that hits the ball above his head like Schwarber does, you know, because he was looking for it. Yeah, absolutely. I do want him to back off the plate, though, man. Yeah. He got it. Yeah. I, I think you get hit five, six times in the hand and you've been in pro ball, you know, maybe four years. You maybe want to back off, you know, and he opens yeah. up his hip to try to get to that pitch. I think it would really help him. He's got a 35 inch bat. He swings a 35 inch bat. Well, with the little knobby at the end. Okay. Yeah. They yeah. count that. Yeah. <clears throat> do you like this? I'm not a fan. Uh, I, me and Kutch have the same outlook on it. I was so quick twitched out of the zone. I didn't need anything to help me get out of the zone. Yeah. A lot of guys that have, you know, weak bottom hands, they like to use it. I think if I was really tired, it would have been great. Or yeah. if I took a foul tip, it would have been outstanding, but it's more of a training tool for me. Um, Cause it, it, it would make me just absolutely fling my barrel right out of the zone fast. Gotcha. Huh. Um, yeah. But I'm just, I'm fascinated by this idea of, guys improving mm -hmm. what they can get better at. Um, you're bringing up some really good points of, about things that Henry can do better. Um, what about other players? Like who has attainable sort of goals, things you've seen, stuff you'd like to see guys really work on and improve this off season. Um, Piguero's probably the most interesting for me. And why? Because it's going to make the Nick Gonzalez thing really interesting. I, I think Piguero has a, a talent, that far exceeds most of the other guys um, when it comes to his talent level. I mean, he can run, he can field, he's got an arm, he can hit for power, yeah. power to all fields. And I think if you look at his age and his growth just this year, it looked like he turned into a man. Everybody yeah. else looks the exact same from the year before he grew up and we're going to see a 23 year old with a, little over a year, maybe right out of year of service time, maybe less that I think could possibly, if, if he gets a chance every day, win the rookie of the year, if, if he's eligible, I'm not sure if he'll be eligible, but that's how good his talent is. He's really, really pressed me. So yeah, I'd be interested to see where that goes. I think Triolo's a uh, shoe in. He just got to continue to be himself and move forward and, and find where he fits. I think the other one that's going to take a huge step forward is, is our man Rodriguez. And I hope so. I, I hope I think there's see, a lot there. There's a lot there and he's shown it, you know, he, he really has, he's shown it. And I think if Nick Gonzalez comes in and rakes, he's going to be a guy that plays some outfield. I mean, that's just, and that, Dude, that Nick, Nicky G in the outfield. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, I know. I, I, I mean, he's a plus plus runner. Um, I, I think it could fit. I really do. And it'd make our, he's outfield. got a background there. Yeah. He's got a I, background there. So we'll see. I, it's going to be interesting because we have a lot of players, that are going to go in and it's going to be like, who's going to take the step forward. And you were just yeah. mentioning that some of these guys are going to be in Bradenton together, you know, in the off season, working hard, doing some things. Some other guys are going to be playing winter ball and trying to get better. And it's really, they're going to fight and it's going to 
really come down to who's playing well, who fits, and then you're going to have assets if these other guys play to go out maybe trade for that pitcher you need or, or do some things early in the season. That's when it gets fun for me. Yeah. When these guys can go out and kind of flip the switch and make the team and solidify it with the talent we already have. One of the things where I think this is going to sort of come to a head is at second base for it. Yeah, I don't quite I agree. know. This was a conversation topic with Ben the other day or yesterday too. Um, you know, sort of what happens at second base. And, and this is a typical Cheriton answer. He said, well, it could be the field and let guys compete. Or, you know, if we have an acquisition that has some second base background, that that's something we'd be comfortable doing. Um, you know, it's always like, you know, we could do this or we could do this. Um, I'm intrigued by the idea of the field, though. And I think that's the direction they need to go. If I'm going to, you know, comprise the field, in my head, that's what you're talking about. Pagaro, Gonzalez, Triolo, and Bay. Um, I'm not sure if I'm putting anybody else in that discussion yet. Maybe one day it's Tamar Johnson. I think that's probably people's hope or, you know, that that can happen. But for right now, um, that's what I'm looking at. And the leader in the clubhouse for me is probably Pagaro. Honestly, I don't I don't like Bay as much <clears throat> in second base as I do in center field. If that's if if they I end agree up, completely. Like if he pans out, if he develops and gives them something that is a consistent major leaguer, I think it's a, a better asset in center field. I think Triolo is probably a better asset to the Pirates as either a first baseman who grows into that thing and wins a gold glove over there, or as a super U guy. But if I'm looking at second base, I put Pagaro first. What what do you see? transpiring there i think i know the answer um but would you you know how do you see that going uh i i see pergaro and too he he makes you deeper up the middle because he, he he's the better shortstop in my opinion than all of them too so when cruz needs a day off yeah roma dh you have pergaro you know and then you put triolo or triolo could play shortstop too but like i think his versatility and his ability to be super athletic you could also see pergaro play in some first base i i, I don't think it would be something he would fall in love with, but that's how versatile he could be because how athletic he is. And I think he'd be fine doing it in the pinch. So yeah. I, I, I like, I like him a lot. I, I still am in love with Nikki G. I think he's going to be good. Um, but he may be an outfielder. Okay. Um, I want to hit on one last thing, development of young players wise, before we get into a little cutch talk to finish, but I, I'll be really interested. And the see. fall league. I want to hear about those guys in the fall league. You got you got the great Bambino out there hitting the home runs and stuff. I want to hear about it. Um, we'll get there. We'll get okay, there. Okay. Um, but you know we're we're in minute thirty three. People don't need to hear us going on for an hour in the off season. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I will be really curious to see though what happens with Priester, Rowanzi, and Ortiz. That as much as we talk about free agency pitching wise, like they need one of those guys to find it to be to make like thirty plus starts next year. I mean. Three of three, uh, sign me up right now. Two of three, I think that would be really helpful to the Pirates. I think one of three is bare necessity. Um, I don't know who it's going to be out of the three. Uh, I've, you know, I'd like to think it was Rowanzi that, like, going into it, I think he had the the most exciting upside. Um, you know, but I just I don't know where he's going to be at after what this happened. What happened this past season? It was not good. Um, I still see Ortiz as probably a little bit more of a reliever. And I, I guess that leaves me with Priester as the one I would bet on. But yeah, I just, what, what do those guys need to do for it? In your opinion, you know, pick anyone or pick all three to, to sort of break through and find it. Uh, I thought we saw Ortiz fall into something that could work at the end. Um, the sinker usage. 
the sinker usage, uh, I still need to swing and miss because when when you're playing with fire all the time, you're creating a ton of contact. Even though he throws hard, he needs a swing and miss pitch. If he doesn't have it, every time someone's on second base, you're going to see a ball trickle through. That run's going to score, and you're just going to be hitting yourself over the head. Oh, he had another good start, but he gave up four and five innings, you know, but he gave up 14 hits, you know, and I, I think he's got that ability. He's got to find it um, with Contreras. I mean, he's an enigma for me. Uh, I think he could be a huge asset and run right into that three area because we've seen that type of him. But the last two years, I mean, he just lost his identity. And I think Priester's in the same boat. I don't think he understands. Priester has a huge ground ball rate and then a huge swing and miss rate. He's got to figure out who he wants to be or identify who he is on the given day. And I think he was overwhelmed. I think yep. he was absolutely overwhelmed. Um, I, I've talked to scouts that <clears throat> are sold on him. I've talked to scouts that are completely unsold on him. And it's really, when I hear that, it, I hear he's got to figure out who he is. Yeah. I think he's heard so many things from so many different people. He doesn't know which direction to go. He's got to fall in line. I thought he started to do that, but then his 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 answers to your questions always I, I think tell the tell of where they're at. He he's not that bulldog yet. He's got to find that I, I should have pitched better. I yep. shouldn't have hit that pitch. I gotta make a better decision. I gotta take control of this. I didn't hear that yet. I, I hope to hear that early in spring training. That's what I thought we drafted. And I think if he comes out, it would be different. Yeah. Uh Charrington had some interesting comments too. This is going to be part of my Sunday piece uh that should be online by the time this thing is released. But um, he talked about the pitching program and actually feeling excited a little bit with where it's at. Uh, talked about breaking ball pitch, design pitch usage, sequencing in the minor leagues, that sort of stuff. But obviously obviously not satisfied, anywhere near satisfied with you know, where they're at developing guys and they know they need to get better and all that stuff and, and being accountable for it. So I thought that was an interesting thing, and I'll get into yeah. that a little bit more. But okay, so we wanted to do that. Did you... Feel Do you feel any differently about Kutch's return after what Ben said? Um, and I can refresh it for anybody who hasn't read the story or read the quotes. Um, he talked about Kutch playing another position or playing the, playing the outfield again, uh, that we want to keep the door open for that. I think he does too, not going to force anything, but we've had that conversation. They've talked several times. Cheriton also said at the end, wanted to make sure first and foremost that he's recovering well. They're going to keep the dialogue open, that there's shared interest in something working out. Hopefully we can do that. Do you feel any differently about the whole situation? You about the same place? Uh, he needs to play the outfield. Uh, I, I said to, that too. Yeah, yeah, and he that that just makes the team better, and yep. he knows that. Charrington knows that. The team knows that. Um, it's better for everybody. So he's going to do everything in his power to do it, and he's working his tail off uh, at home and at rehab to make sure that he's going to be, you know, willing, ready to go. I'll be I'll be with him some this off season whether it's training or playing pickleball or whatever it is that we get into, but um, he wants to win here. And I, I think having that presence is really important. I think having some other veterans to surround him with would be important. And I think you're going to yeah. see, you know, some of these other guys step up. I mean, I think just the gold that key Brian got is going to elevate him to another level of confidence. So hopefully he'll take a little bit of a quiet leadership role, maybe similar to how Kutch used to. Yeah. Um, I would pay money, by the way, to watch you and Kutch play pickleball. So if, there, if there's ever It'd an addition to one of those games, um, just just throwing that out there. We, we've we been known to play four or five hours straight of ping pong, so it could be long-winded. 
neither one of us likes to lose and he's it. good at everything. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I don't feel too much differently either about good. the McCutcheon stuff. Um, I think he's going to come back. I mean, I, I went round and round with Charenton. I was on the radio last night. I was working through this thought process in my head. I was thinking about it the past couple of days being out here. It really boils down to something very simple though, for it, for me that Andrew McCutcheon could not leave PNC park <clears throat> limping with an Achilles, exactly. one homer shy of 300 for his career. That just can't happen. That's Correct. not right. Um, all of the other stuff is dressing. Like It makes it easier if he can play a position, yes. Um, we want to monitor his recovery and make sure he's okay and get a deal that's fair and find a role and all this other crap that we've gone to. Great. Bottom line, this guy is way too important to the franchise to do anything other than bring him back for 2024 and give him a chance to exit the right way. Um, I think at the end of 2024, we will have a bunch more information on where to go from there. Um, if Kutch's body doesn't hold out and he's, you know, limps to the finish line and only plays 60 games and the Pirates say, look, we need to turn over the roster spot. We need to do something else with it. And Kutch says, yeah, but I'd like to keep playing. I don't think you can fault the pirates there. I don't think you can fault the pirates for saying like, look, man, we're, we're trying to, you know, we, we need to rotate this. We need somebody who's healthy. Like we, res we respect you, but like, thanks. Um, or you, you know, you just, maybe he's really good. And then maybe he adds a bunch of value and maybe you learn that he can play the outfield 60 games a year and becomes a, a, an impeccable, even more so, you know, part of that roster. I don't know, but to me, it's so simple that it can't end the way it did. You sign up for another year, and you figure the rest out again. We're not going to figure out 2025 for Andrew McCutcheon now. We don't need to. We need to figure out 2024 for Andrew McCutcheon. And I guess I understand sort of like doing due process if you're Charrington. Like, I want to see him recover. I want to see him get back on his feet. I want to make sure everything's okay before, like, committing funding. Now, I'm not going to commit funding to anybody else. Um, I'm going to say like, Andrew, we want you to be this guy. This is, this is what we want. We need you to get healthy. And as soon as, you know, we're confident you are sign a deal. I get that. But to me, there's no other, if he's healthy, there's nothing else you can do. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, you can look at the free agent market. I mean, you're not going to find a better option, especially for the price tag. I mean, even if you certainly take, not in terms of relating to fans, team building, what they yeah, mean if you put it all field, in perspective, absolutely not. But even um, if you put it in, I mean, you're talking about a guy that he's going to take a team discount again and probably be right at that $5 million. And I, I think you, you could look across the board. If he's healthy, you're not going to find a better guy, especially yeah. for that price tag. You couldn't. I mean, that put in perspective, that's the same money Hedges got last year. Right? Yeah. So it kind it of is. throws it out there. It's he's projected the 4.5, by the way. I looked at it. It's about this. Who, Hedges? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, dollars or million? By the way, I I do have something I have to ask you because I don't understand why your colleagues did this. Why did Bailey in San Francisco not win the Gold Glove in the National League? Did you see his numbers? My colleagues, I don't vote on the Gold Glove. No, but writers do. What are they thinking? That guy had a phenomenal year defensively. Go look at it. it. We'll talk about I it. I don't. Next I don't time. know. For, I was I'm sorry. Furious. I, <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. I know, but that was a terrible. That, that was terrible. Terrible. You gotta say like Charles Bark. Terrible. That was terrible. All right. I think that that does it for this week, right? Wait, Anything no, else we, you want to get we, off your today? Yeah, did I, I do know anything what else happened. wrong? 
Yeah, no, Arizona Fall League. I just want to know what's going on out there. <laughs> okay. Um, so I talked to Bowen and Brandon. I'm guessing, I mean, that's what you mean, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, I want to, uh, yeah, because it was, it was some of my favorite times. It was right after I got married. Four days after I got married, I was in the Fall League playing. Man, oh man. Yeah, what a great yeah. wife. Um, yeah, she is. Your, your wife is a saint. Um, yeah, so I talked to Jace Bowen, Jack Brannigan, uh, wrote two stories on our website. If you want to check them out, post-gazette.com. But um, to s- sort of summarize them, um, Jace Bowen is a former football player, and we were talking a lot about the mindset in baseball and how much it has to be different and sort of dealing with um, if you get mad. I like the quote, if you get mad in football, that's a good thing. If you get mad in baseball, you're going to wind up looking stupid, um, paraphrasing <laughs> a little bit. But you know, he was talking about his mindset being one of the drivers behind his success this season. He's had a lot of it in the Arizona Fall League as well. This is a kid I really like. Uh, first baseman, outfielder, has some pop, runs the base as well. Um, definitely somebody that I think put himself on people's radar. Um, Jack Brannigan, to that extent, too. Um, I, I learned something. I tweeted about this the other day, but uh, out of Notre Dame, pitched some at 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Didn't have great results. Wasn't even really a pitcher. Was more of just a thrower. Um, but has a really good bat. They move him to shortstop, um, is finding more and more power. It's basically their two best, you know, we were in the minors the whole time hitters. Um, branding it is not fared as well in the fall league. And so he's working through some of that, but, um, those are the gist of what, what I wrote about, um, that Brannigan is, uh, he's, he's intriguing to me, uh, an intriguing shortstop, uh, figure out what happens to him. He said they're not closing the door on the pitching, but I find it a little hard to believe. I also find it fascinating, again, that, that they gave the chance to Bubba Chandler. They gave the chance to Paul Skeens. They gave the chance to Jack Brannigan. Now, it's really hard to do it, and I don't expect a lot of guys to be able to do the two-way thing. I don't expect anybody to be able to do it, really. But the Pirates opened openness to that. It's pretty neat. I like it. I, I think it's easier to be a position player and touch the pitching. Um the Braves are doing it with Charlie Culberson later in his career. I yeah. think it's good to have a guy like that. Even if he just comes out, pumps strikes at a hundred, I mean, that's better option than throwing a position player. Yeah. You no. Know? And maybe it Not turns wrong. into something, maybe it doesn't, but a couple innings here and there, if he can learn how to transition from shortstop to the mound, that's yeah. the biggest key. Like they have to learn it differently, but I yeah. think the value there, even if you're not in Otani, just to have that extra arm. Cause I don't know if you'd have to classify him as a bullpen arm, maybe a position player. I think that would be, Awesome to see. I think Ozuna when he was here was cool. It was cool to see him go out and sink the ball at 88 to 94. It was it was fun. I think there's a lot of guys that could do that. You know, I'll never forget Mitch Moreland struck out Charlie Blackman right in front of me, and I was terrified to face him because he's throwing 94 with a banger. I was yeah. like, I don't want to face him. He's nasty. I don't <laughs> get out by this guy. Yeah. So so yeah, thank you for the update. Yeah, that, that story yeah. about his mindset was really, really good. Thank you. And Matt and Mackie, I played better mad, believe it or not. Did you? Yeah, I, I think no, it, I, no, that emotion didn't. locked me in. Yeah, every time I got in a fight with Jacqueline, I hit a homer. Every time we didn't fight you, enough. You've never but, been mad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you'll fight whenever she gets healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, you'll be fighting plenty. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's oh true. man. Um, that's good. I I did not play well, mad. I was not a good play mad kind of of course i didn't play well ever that's why i'm on this side of the screen and you did what you did in your life but that's okay um cool we all had our moments (laughs) that's right Uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right that does it for this week um thank you for watching pitching in we're sponsored as always by the north shore tavern like and subscribe you can catch all of the content available to you every week on the post gazette youtube channel for michael McHenry. i'm jason Mackey. we'll talk to you next week 
Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com. Good stuff, sir.